stuck in our mind. Now, usually it's never one of your favorite songs. It's always that annoying commercial. Or it's always that theme song, and it just replays in your mind over and over and over again. You can't get it out. You can't make it stop. You can't even pray it away. It's there. And you're always... And you're always trying to figure out, ah, how do I get this song out of my head? Ever happened to you? Sometimes, though, you get a song in your head and the opposite happens. You want more of the song, but you can't remember the song. Maybe it's a word. You think, what's the rest of that song? How does it go? Nobody knows what song you're talking about. How did the rest of that song go? Well, sisters and brothers, I want to suggest to you this morning... That as the body of Christ, the church has a tendency to forget the whole of God's song. That we have our mind stuck on one part of God's song that we can't remember the rest of what God is trying to get us to hear. I'll tell you what I mean. At least from a United Methodist Christian understanding, we, we see and believe that God is at work. That the grace of God is working in the world around us and working in our hearts. And we see that grace playing out in three ways. One, we call it preventing grace. Some of you hardcore Methodists know what I'm talking about. This is the grace, the love of God that is there pre, before we know about it. Then there is the justifying grace, the justifying love of God. That when we say, God, I believe, God, I follow, in an instant, God makes us right with God again. And then there's the justifying love, the justifying grace of God. That once we have that moment where we are justified, we are continually made holy, made sanctified in our hearts until the day we see God face to face. Y'all with me? There'll be a test. But pop into any one church on any Sunday morning, even some Bible study here or there. And I'm almost sure that most of the time what you're going to hear are things like this. God saves sinners. That God wants you to come to the cross. That God wants you. That you need to give your life to Jesus. That you need to turn over your life. You ever heard a preacher go on and on about you sinners and what you have to do? You've heard this, right? Now I want you to understand, I affirm that. I affirm we give our lives to Christ. Affirm we, we need to commit ourselves but sisters and brothers, that is only part of God's song. It's the part that we tend to sing the loudest. It's the part that we get stuck on. But there's other parts of the song that are just as beautiful. You see that part about coming to Jesus and giving your life over? That's the assurance of God's justifying grace. That God will make us right when we commit to God. Y'all with me? If you haven't heard that before, you just heard it now. But it's only part of the song. And I wish we could focus more on the other parts of the song. 
The other parts of the song that would say, once you are justified by God, God has made a promise to you. That I will never leave you nor forsake you. That there isn't a circumstance in your life that you will ever have to endure by yourself. That no matter where you go, that no matter what or who you have to put up with, I will be with you. That's a beautiful part of the song that we forget. There's another part of the song, too. You see, there's no sanctifying grace of God if we don't first have the justifying grace of God. And if there's no sanctifying grace of God, if there's no justifying grace of God, there's no justifying grace of God if there's no prevenient grace of God. Y'all with me? There's going to be a test. Pay attention. And the prevenient grace and love of God, friends, is just as beautiful as this part of the song and this part of the song. You see, over here, we're reminded about something about ourselves and about God. Let me remind you of the story we read from that great book of the Bible, John. My favorite book, by the way. Most holiest of books. Jesus has been going on saying, I am the bread of life. And the people have been listening to him with all this bread talk. He stands up and says, I am the bread of life and here I am. And there are some people, some religious leaders, some people who know how to do church well. Church folk, we like to call them. They hear Jesus talking about being the bread of life, and you know what they do? This is going to be a complete shock to some of you, but these church people start complaining. You ain't never heard church folk complain, have you? You ain't never stood in one of those then. He says, I am the bread of life. The people begin to complain about what he's saying because, wait a minute, Jesus, this doesn't make sense. How can you come from heaven? We know your mom and daddy. We remember you when you were this big. How can you come from heaven? Jesus says to them, don't complain amongst yourselves. Good luck with that, church people. Don't complain amongst yourselves. Then he goes, oh my goodness, I love these words that he says, that no one can come to me unless God has drawn them to me. You know what part of the song that is? That's not just this good part of the song. It's not just the cross part of the song. It's this part of the song. It's Jesus reminding us something about ourselves. We have a hard time listening. And sometimes we have a hard time listening because we're too busy complaining. And when we complain, what happens is we complain away the blessings of God. That's who we are. But here's who God is. Even though we don't listen, even though we have a, a complaining problem, here's what God says. I love you anyway. And I am trying to draw you closer to me. I am trying to get your attention. I am trying to teach you a song that will change your life. Are you listening to the song I'm trying to give you? 
but they complained. Just like they did in the desert. See, when Jesus says he's the bread from heaven, that should stir in our imaginations some of the talk of the bread of heaven that the Israelites had when they wandered in the desert. And if you remember that story, oh my goodness, here's how it went. The people were enslaved in Egypt. The people were in bondage. God heard their cry. God delivered them. And you know what they did afterwards? They complained. I'm glad we don't do that anymore. I'm glad we know the power of God. I know that we, I'm glad that we've been touched by the power of God and we would never complain about anything. Don't want to amen that one, do you? They wanted proof. It's so funny. They were the proof of God's power, but they wanted something else. And so God gave them You remember the story, manna from heaven. He gave them manna for heaven. And the book of Exodus tells us that there are at least two reasons that God gave them manna. One, to test them. Now, it wasn't to test them to see if they were going to do things right so he could smite them. In fact, he says, I'm going to test them to see whether they will follow my instructions or not. Here's the thing. God knows. God knew whether they were going to follow the instructions or not, right? So maybe who was the test for? Themselves. God says, I'm going to give them manna in the desert to eat as a test to see whether they will follow my instructions or not. And then two, to show them that I am the Lord your God. So they were supposed to wander in the desert, see this, whatever it was coming down from heaven. And it was supposed to be a test that whether they could see it or not. And be willing to follow what God had told them to do. And if they did, they would hear God sing the song, I am the Lord your God. Are y'all with me? That's important because here we have Jesus in front of us who says, I am the bread of life. He's stirring up images of our, in our minds of the manna in heaven. He wants us to remember how much we complain in the desert. He wants us to remember how much we complain today so that we can see him as the bread of life. And maybe we can be tested as well. Not in any way that says, well, if you don't do everything Jesus says, you're going to get what's coming to you. But in a way that is when you see our Lord. You can ask yourself, are you willing to follow what you see? Are you willing to follow the example of love and grace that our Lord Gave to us. That's the test. And then when you see and you hear Christ say, I am the bread of life, it's to show you that I am the Lord your God. I will provide everything you need. I will walk with you. I will go with you. I will forgive you. I will sing with you. I will rejoice with you. I will cry with you because I am the Lord, your God. 
Now I say all that so I can say this. Here is the chorus of God's song. The chorus that links together each piece of God's song. No one can come to me unless drawn by the Father who sent me. You see, friends, you don't get to the cross on your own. You don't get up one day and think, I want to be a Christian. You don't get up and think, I want to serve God more. We don't have that capacity on our own. But what happens is, over here, God is drawing us. God is trying to get our attention. Have you ever been awed by a sunset? If you weren't the parent at 2 a.m. in the morning, have you ever rejoiced at the cry of a baby? baby? You ever been with family and you just feel the love? You ever been at church and something exciting happened? You ever have a moment where you are assured that you are loved? You ever, you ever have anything like that at all? That's God drawing us closer and closer. We don't get to the cross until we hear God say, come. We don't get to live a holier life. Our heart isn't transformed on our own. It's when we listen to God say, be holy, just as I'm holy. It's God who is trying to teach us a song of life. It's God that's trying to get our attention. Say, here I am. I'm the bread of life. Very truly, Jesus says. Now, let me make sure I get this right. Very truly. And actually, the literal translation is, amen, amen. And not one of the little weak amens. Jesus says, very truly, amen, amen. Whoever comes to me has eternal life. See, it's a lot better than that. Amen. 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 Jesus says, whoever comes to me has eternal life. Whoever hears me is filled. Has everything they need. And knows what true peace is. Sisters and brothers, God is trying to get your attention. Are you resisting? Are you paying attention? Are you ready and willing to sing the song that God is trying to teach us? Amen. Amen. Yeah, amen. Well, sisters and brothers, we should pray because the reality is sometimes we haven't wanted to listen to God. Sometimes we have been too focused on our own songs. And so we should pray um, that God would fill us today. And if you want to know this whole song of God, if you want to be filled by the bread of life, I want to invite you to pray with me.
Many of us have found in our experience that praying here at the altar is a powerful part of that. So I invite you to come forward if you like. The sisters and brothers, whether you pray up here, whether you pray sitting in your pews, the important thing is that as God's people, we pray together. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, what a joy it is to be in your presence. In your presence, we find true peace and true life. This morning, God, we confess to you that we have not always been obedient to you. We have not always sought to follow you with all of our hearts. In fact, sometimes we've tried our very best to do the very opposite. We ask God that you would forgive us. And that you would make today a new day for our hearts. That as we hear you calling us to the cross of Christ, that we would come. And that as we, we, you, you call us, God, to a life of holiness, that we would come. God, this morning, we offer ourselves to you. We offer our life to you. And pray that your Holy Spirit would fill us. That you would empower us to live as faithful disciples of our Lord Jesus Christ. In whose name we pray and trust, praying just as he has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. God's people said, Amen. Amen.